0: Chapter 45 of The Maid of Scar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Maid of Scar by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter 45 introduces a real hero my orders were to rejoin at pembroke on the tenth of june where the alcestis lay refitting and taking in stores for an ocean cruise of course i was punctual to the day and carried with me a fine recruit master rodney bluett i received not only minute directions from his lady mother but also a tidy little salary to enable me to look after him this was a lady of noble spirit and ready to devote her son for the benefit of his country because there was no fighting now nor any war in prospect also colonel lower came as far as the gate where the griffins are and patted his nephew's curly head and said that although it was not quite as he himself could have wished it he could trust the boy to be an honour to a loyal family and to write home every now and then for the sake of his poor mother For his own sake also, I think the colonel might have very truly said, because while he was talking so, and trying to insist on duty as the one thing needful, I could not for a moment trust my own eyes to examine him. So we all tried to say good-bye, as if there was nothing in it. It was a very long good-bye, even longer than we could by any stretch have dreamed of. Two or three years was the utmost that we then looked forward to, but I tell you simple truth in saying, that not one of us had the chance of seeing England, much less any part of Wales, for a shorter period than seven years and two months added. You may doubt me and say, pooh, pooh, that was your fault, and so on, but you would be wholly wrong, and from the Admiralty records our captain could prove it thoroughly. And what is much clearer than all, do you think that Captain Drake Bamfield would have been seven years or even seven days away, without sight of his beautiful lady, Isabel Carey, if it could have been managed otherwise. It was a mixture of bad luck. I can explain a good deal of it, but not all the ins and outs. We were ordered here and ordered there, and then sometimes receiving three contradictions of everything, until we should scarcely have been surprised at receiving signal HMS Alcestis to the moon to wait for orders. And if we had received that signal, I believe we should have tried it being by this time the best trained and finest ship's company in the world. We had ceased to be a receiving ship as soon as the war was over, and now were what they begin to call, though it sounds against the grain to me, an experimental ship. And the Lord knows that we made experiments enough to drown or blow up or blow arms off every man born on our blessed books. They placed me at the head of it all until the others were up to it and a more uneasy or ticklish time I never have known, before or since. Over and over again I expected to go up to the sky almost, and you may pretty well conceive how frequent was my uneasiness. Nevertheless, I still held on, and government had to pay for it. In four years' time the old frigate began to be knocked almost to pieces, and we made up our minds to be ordered home, and set our memories at work upon all who were likely to meet us, if still in the land of the living. While at Halifax, thinking thus, and looking forward to Christmas-time among our own families, a spick-and-span new frigate came of the loveliest lines we had ever seen, and standing gear the most elegant. She took our eyes so much at once, and she sat the water so that there was not a man of us able to think of anything else till all hands piped down. This was the Thetis if you please taken from the Krapas in the very last action of the war a forty-six gun frigate but larger than an english sixty-gun ship the french shipbuilders are better than ours but their riggers not to be compared which is the reason perhaps why they always shoot at our rigging instead of our hulls at any rate having been well overhauled and thoroughly refitted at chatham and rigged anew from step to truck she presented an appearance of most tempting character it was a trick of the naval board to keep us together and it succeeded those gentlemen knew what we were by this time the very best ship's company to be found in all the service and as there were signs already of some mischief brewing their desire was still to keep together such a piece of discipline my humble name had been brought forward many times with approval but without any effect so far upon wages or position now however my lords had found it expedient to remember me and david llewellyn was appointed master's mate to the Thetis, if he should think fit to join her, for the whole, after our long service, was a matter of volunteering. "'There was not a man of us dared to leave Captain Drake,' bamfiled shabbily. We turned over to the Thetis in a body with him, and the crew that had manned her from England took the old Alcestis home again, and junior Lieutenant Bluett, now a fine young fellow, walked the quarter-deck of the Thetis so that you should have seen him.' but first and foremost was to see our great captain drake as ready as if he were always looking out for an enemy ship from the foretop he walked a little lame on account of the piece of shark took out of him nevertheless we had not a man to equal him for activity i remember once when a violent gale caught us on the banks of newfoundland and the sky came down upon us black as any thunder cloud the wind grew on us so towards nightfall that after taking in reef after reef, the orders were to make all snug, send down the top gallant masts, and lie to under close reefed main topsail and fore topmast staysail. Captain Drake was himself on deck as he always was in time of danger, and through the roar of the gale, his orders came as clear as a bell, almost from the mouth of his speaking trumpet. Main topmen to station, close reef the main topsail, Mister Bluett, clew up, clew up there is not a moment to lose my men spit to your hands and stick like pitch what are you afraid then all of you for the sail was lashing about like thunder having broken from the quarter gasket and when the men came to the topsail yard they durst not go upon it then a black squall struck them with blinding rain and they scarce could see one another's faces till a cheery voice came from the end of the yard hold on my lads hold on there you seem so skeery of this job i will do it for you tis the devil himself cried old ben bower captain of the main-top let him fly let him fly my lads it is our captain said i who was coming slowly up to sea to it myself prepared to do the job and shame all those young fellows skulk below you jelly-pots and leave it to me and the captain a cheer for the captain a cheer for the captain they cried before i could follow them and a score of men stood against the sky in the black pitch of the hurricane as if it were a review almost for they guessed what the captain must have done and it made a hero of each of them while they came slowly up the ratlins he clomb the rigging like a cat and before they got to the lubbers hole he was at the topmast head whence he slid down by the topping lift to the very end of the main yard such a thing done in a furious gale and the sea-going mountains high almost beat even my experience of what british captains are up to after that if he had cried make sail to heligoland with no landing to it there was not a man of us but would have touched his hat and said aye aye sir and now we first met captain nelson in command of the boreas a uh, poor little frigate we could have sunk her as easily as we outsailed her but as senior to captain drake he at once assumed command of us although it was not in our instructions to be at his disposal the americans then were carrying on with the privileges of british subjects in trading with the leeward islands although they had cast off our authority in a most uncourteous and i might say headstrong manner captain nelson could never put up with the presumptuous manners of this race and he felt bitterly how feeble had been our behavior to them these are people who will always lead the whole world if they can counting it honor to depart from and get over old ideas and now they were doing a snug bit of roguery with the leeward islands pretending to have british bottoms while at bottom yankees nelson set his face against it whenever he set his face his hand came quickly afterwards we soon cut up that bit of smuggling although the governor of the islands was himself against us captain nelson's orders were to enforce the navigation act and we did it thoroughly ever so many times i met him as he now came to and fro and he took the barge tiller out of my hand at least a dozen times i think for he never could bear that another man should seem to do his work for him any more than he could bear to see a thing done badly not that he found fault with my steering which was better than his own no doubt but that he wanted to steer himself and he never could sit a boat quietly from his perpetual ups and downs and longing to do something he knew my name he knew every one's name he called me old dio continually because the men had caught it up and in my position i could not perceive what right he had to do so i had him on my lap i won't say fifty times but at least fifteen for he never had sea-legs at all when a heavy sea was running, and I never thought it any honour but cherished some hopes of a shilling or so. As for appearance, at first sight he struck me as rather grotesque-looking than imposing in spite of his full lace uniform and the broad flaps of his waistcoat. His hair, moreover, was drawn away from his forehead and tied in a lanky tail, leaving exposed in all his force rather a sad face, pale and thin, and with the nose somewhat lopsided. Also the shoulders badly shaped, and the body set up anyhow, and the whole arrangement of his frame nervous, more than muscular. In spite of all this, any man who knows the faces of men and their true meaning could not fail to perceive at once that here was no common mortal. The vigor and spirit of his eyes were such that they not only seemed to be looking through whatever lay before them, but to have distinct perception of a larger distance and eagerness to deal with it. And the whole expression of his face told of powerful impatience and a longing for great deeds dashed with melancholy. The entire crew of his ship, I was told, were altogether wrapped up in him and would give their lives for him without thought, and there was not one of them but was mad with our government for being at peace and barring Captain Nelson from the exploits he was pining for. One of them struck at me with an oar when I said how puny Nelson was compared with our Drake Banfield, and only the strong sense of my position enabled me to put up with it and what I said was all the time the very truest of the true, and that was why it hurt them so, we being now the finest and smartest frigate in the service, looked down upon that tub of a boreas and her waddle footed crew and her pale pigtail commander with a power of ignominy which they were not pleased with, and all the time we were at their orders and they took care to let us know it. We would have fought them with pleasure if the rules of the service allowed it. Enough of that uncomfortable discontent and soreness, the hardest point, point is for a very great man to begin to set forth his greatness we could not at the moment see why horatio nelson should thus sweep off with the lead so but after he had once established what he was and what he meant there was no more jealousy to this i shall come in its proper place i am only now picking up crumbs as it were and chewing small jobs honourably but against one thing i must guard our captain drake was never for a moment jealous of captain nelson it was one of the things that annoyed us most when we looked down on the boreas and would gladly have had a good turn with those fellows who assumed such airs to us to find that our beloved captain was as full of nelson as the worst of the Boreasses. and one of our men who went on strongly took six dozen and no mistake and acknowledged how well he deserved it that is the way to do things and makes all of us one family it is time for me now to crowd all sail for spithead as we did at last seven round years and two months were gone since i had seen old kim Ree, and i could fill seven thousand pages with our whole adventures but none of them bore much on my tale, and nobody cares for my adventures since i ceased to be young and handsome and sometimes i almost thought in spite of all experience that i had better have gone into matrimony with a young woman of moderate substance but as is the case with those things when i had the chance i scorned it not being touched in the heart by any one and so proud of freedom moreover the competition for a man amongst young women may become so lively as to make him bear away large downwind. exactly what had happened to me in the land of devonshire three quarters of my pay had been assigned to roger Burke Rolls under my hand and signature for the maintenance of our bunny so far as the rent might not provide it and for the general management of things and then to accumulate, so that after all I had not any amazing sum to draw, remembering too that from time to time we had our little tastes of it. Nevertheless, when added up, I really was surprised to find that the good clerks thought it worth so much quill chop over it, and now I had been for several years on the pay of a petty officer, master's mate, and looking forward to be master if he were good enough to drop off. He was truly tough and would never drop off, and I felt it the more because he was ten years my junior and unseasoned. He drew half again as much as I did, though he knew that I had done all the work. He gave me two fingers to say good-bye, which is a loathsome trick to me, so I put out my thumb, which was difficult to him, and the next time I saw him he lay dead in the cockpit of the Goliath in a word i got so little after all my long endeavours to secure the british nation from its many enemies that verily i must have fallen to the old resource again and been compelled to ask for alms to help me home in seventeen hundred and ninety as had happened to me in the year of grace seventeen hundred and fifty-nine we sailors always seem to be going either up or down so much without seeming to know why perhaps it is a custom from our being on the waves so much however i was saved from doing such disgrace to the uniform and to my veteran aspect and the hair by this time as white as snow simply through the liberality of our captain bamfauld for he made me an offer both kind and handsome though not more perhaps than might be expected after our sailing together so long this was to take me home with him narnton court or the neighbourhood according to how the land might lie and thence to secure me a passage which is easy enough in the summer-time by one of the stone-boats to newton nottage i felt that i might have come home in grander style than this was like to be and yet it was better than begging my way and scarcely any man should hope to be landed twice in all his life at his native village from a man-of-war Of course if master rodney blewitt had still been with us he would have seen to my return and been proud of it but he had been forced to leave us having received his appointment as third lieutenant to the laodicea seventy four therefore i travelled with captain drake and made myself useful upon the road finding his coxswain who came with us in a miserably menial manner utterly useless whenever a knowledge of life and the world was demanded and over and over again my assistance paid my fare i am sure of it whether it were by coach or post because the great mass of seamen appear whenever they come on shore to enjoy a good cheating more than anything the reason is clear enough to wit that having seen no rogue so long they are happy to pay for that pleasure now it was said that even the admiralty had been playing the rogue with us stopping our letters and our news to keep us altogether free from any disturbances of home at any rate very few of us had heard a word of england except from such old papers as we picked up in the colonies and now after seven years how could we tell what to expect or how much to fear. End of chapter 45